Hello and welcome to the Redeeming Love Bible Broadcast. My name is Phil Duddy, Evangelist with Grace Baptist Tabernacle of King, North Carolina. Very, very glad to have you with me on the program today. Reach out to us at redeemingthelost at iCloud.com. Today we are going to go into the book of Acts, just two verses from Acts chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, please feel free to turn with me to Acts chapter 2, and we will begin in verse 36. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Okay, what's going on here? A very, very, very significant day in history. Uh, this is the day of Pentecost. Um, if you go back to Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And so Peter and the rest of the apostles are in one accord. They're in one place. They're praying. And the Holy Spirit uh, comes upon them as Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would do. Now Jesus sent the Spirit. The Spirit came and the Spirit um, indwelt them. And all of a sudden, they begin preaching. All of a sudden, they begin preaching in the languages of those who were right out in the street there. So everybody hearing them could understand them linguistically. And they start declaring the wonderful works of God. They start declaring. They start preaching. And people start responding right away. And Peter, uh, the, the Word of God sort of focuses in on what Peter said uh, 2, 4, 2 verse 14, Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, he began to preach and he began to preach Christ. He began to preach Christ crucified. He began to preach Christ the fulfillment of everything that God had, had said and that was going to come to pass in the prophets. He started to preach Christ. And at the end of his message, uh, you might call it a message, at the end of his message, uh, when they heard this, now, when they heard what? The entire message, and uh, more specifically, uh, just for our purposes today, uh, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard that, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Uh, they were pricked. And uh, let me ask you, who did this? Uh, well, first off, let me ask you, what, what does it mean to be pricked? Um, they were pierced. In their heart, uh, there was a sort of sorrow in their heart. Uh, there was a sort of goading going on in their heart. Um, who did this? Who is the one who pricked the hearts of the people on this particular day? Was it Peter, the guy who was preaching, or was it the Holy Ghost? Now, well, I'm going to submit to you today uh, that Peter is a vessel of the Holy Spirit in this situation. And hallelujah and amen. Uh, the Lord did not start the church in power. Uh, the Lord did not empower uh, these original apostles to start the church, to go around preaching Christ, to see people saved, to see churches spring up where there weren't churches before. Uh, he did not do this way back in the first century and then leave the church to fend for herself today. Now, no, the Holy Spirit is the same then, the Holy Spirit is the same today. Now, the Lord is working then, and the Lord is working today. The Lord is empowering then, and the Lord is empowering today. The Spirit is the same. And so Peter, being a willing vessel, Peter, having believed upon Jesus Christ, having believed 
that Christ is faithful to all of his promises, having, having believed that the Holy Spirit was going to come, that the promise was going to be fulfilled. Peter, full of faith in Jesus Christ, he receives the Holy Spirit, and he is the vessel, he is the spokesman, if you will, of what God is saying to these people. And friend, it works the same way today. Uh, so friend, it is, it's God using people. It is God anointing people. It is God empowering people to preach Christ, empowering people to preach Christ crucified, to preach, to, to preach his blood, to, to preach his resurrection, to, to preach his atoning death, and friend, to preach the, the, the reality and the need that people have for Jesus Christ, for hallelujah and amen. He is the only name under, you know, in heaven and the earth by which men can be saved. Uh, he, it's Jesus, friend. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. And the Lord uses people today. And so the Lord, through Peter... Uh, but get this, it wasn't through Peter's convincing. It wasn't because Peter was a particularly good speaker. It wasn't because Peter had all of the theological answers. It wasn't because Peter had all of the apologetic answers. It wasn't because Peter had all the history. It wasn't because Peter had it all right, had it all together in himself humanly. It wasn't, uh, you know, hear what I'm saying here. It wasn't the fact that Peter made a very good argument. Uh, it wasn't Peter in himself convincing these people that they needed Jesus. But no, it was the Lord working in Peter and working through people to reach these people. Get that? This, it was the Lord working in Peter personally, and it was the Lord working through Peter to reach out to these people, to get the word of God to these people, and to draw these people to the Savior. And these people responded, and uh, the Lord pricked their hearts today. Again, it wasn't a good argument. Um, again, it wasn't a flashy speech. It wasn't a good rhetorical style. It wasn't a good homiletical style. It wasn't good apologetics. It wasn't, it wasn't a sort of a head argument. And it wasn't an emotional appeal. And it wasn't a moral appeal. But no, Peter got up filled with the Holy Ghost, empowered by the Holy Ghost, called by the Holy Ghost, and he got up and he preached Jesus. And the Lord did the rest. Amen and hallelujah. Uh, but friend, the Lord did this. Uh, this, wasn't, this wasn't moral reasoning. This wasn't intellectual convincing. And, and I want you to notice something, too, about these people. Uh, because friend, you know, as an evangelist, been an evangelist um, yeah, going on 11 years now. And friend... Um, Nobody gets saved because of a good intellectual argument, and nobody gets saved because of a good moral argument. But friend, God moves on people. God moves through people to reach people, and God moves on people who need Jesus. God moves on the lost. God draws the lost. And when, the, when people interact with God, see, I want you to know something. You know, Peter, friend, let's go back to the Word of God here. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in the heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles. These people were, were you know, interacting with God and God had pricked their hearts. God had, God had done, done a good work of conviction. God, through Peter, had moved upon these people and these people believed the word of God as they heard it through Peter. They believed not in Peter, but they believed in Jesus. Peter's just uh, the vessel. Peter's the ambassador. Peter's the spokesman. Peter's the apostle. 
And friend, Peter is not the Savior. And so they believed in Jesus, friend. And then what did they do? Did Peter have to convince them that they needed salvation? Did Peter have to convince them that now, you know, because you heard this, you're all accountable for this. Now, did, did, he have to, did, did he have to go through all this work of convincing? No. Very, very simply, the people were pricked in the hearts. And the people came forward. And the people spoke up. Because they were interacting with God. They knew that what they were hearing was true. They were believing. And they wanted to be saved. And the people came um, nobody had to beg and plead with them. Uh, nobody browbeated them. Uh, no, nobody bent over backwards to try to get them to respond somehow. No, they responded because they were pricked in their hearts, because they had a real interaction with God. They knew they weren't saved. They knew they needed a Savior. They knew they needed Jesus. And, and friend, they, they got up and they went up to Peter and they said, you know, they, they go up to Peter, they go to the rest of the apostles, they're all standing there after this message. Men and brethren, what shall we do? It was their initiative because it was their interaction with God. Again, you know, I say to you, this is critical, friend, uh, that lost people get saved by interacting with Jesus. That Lost people don't, don't get saved by interacting with other people. No, hallelujah and amen. Uh, we are the vessels. We are the ambassadors. We are the ministers. Uh, we are the evangelists. We are the teachers. Uh, we are the pastors. Uh, friend, you know, but, but we're not the saviors. We speak the word of God. We preach the word of God. We minister the word of God. We declare the word of God. We preach it. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is lost people need Jesus. And and friend, you know, it is God's way. You know, God, God's going to reach the, the lost of the world through the church. God's going to use people to reach people. We are vessels. And friend, hallelujah and amen. You know, as I said at the top of the program, we've got the same Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has not changed. And so as we preach, as we minister, as we witness, friend, God's moving on people. God's drawing people. But the interaction is between that person and the Lord. And friend, when people start interacting with Jesus in faith, when, when, when people believe that they need a Savior, when people believe that they are lost, dying, and going to hell, when people believe, friend, that they, that they are hopeless on their own, when people believe that God exists, heaven exists, hell exists, it's all true. When people believe Jesus, friend, wild horses cannot stop them from getting saved. An army could not stop them from coming to Jesus on this day because they knew it, friend. They, they knew it. They, they knew it. God was drawing them. They knew they were lost. They knew that there's a Savior. They know that his name's Jesus. And friend, they come up to Peter and they say, well, friend, what, what do we do? What shall we do? And Peter says unto them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen and hallelujah. He pointed them straight to Jesus. You believed it? You know, friend, you know, you know, Peter preached it. The people believed on Jesus. Peter pointed them straight to the Savior. 
And friend, that's what we need to do today. Uh, friend, that's, you know, some people will come up and they say, you know, I know I'm lost. I know I'm lost. I know I'm lost. Can you pray with me? You know, what shall I do to be saved? What do I have to do to be saved? We point them to Jesus. Salvation is by faith. Hallelujah and amen. You know, these people were baptized because they believed. They were baptized because they had faith first. They weren't baptized in order to get salvation. This is not work salvation. They were baptized because they believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and hallelujah. And good faith leads to good works. Hallelujah and amen. But friend, the point is, now we need not bend over backwards to agonize and to convince and to argue and to debate and to struggle Friend, we need only to preach Jesus. God draws people. God convicts people. God convinces people. God saves people. God gives them eternal life. God initiated the whole thing, friend. And there would not be salvation if God had not willed there to be salvation. If God hadn't desired there to be salvation, there would not be salvation. And so God made every provision for people to be saved from a real hell. God made every provision for people to be given real eternal life. God gave every provision. You know, hallelujah and amen. Jesus came, born of a virgin, born of a virgin, shed his only begotten, shed his blood, shed his blood, laid down his life. I'll, I'll remind you, Jesus said of himself, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He came fully God, fully man, and he laid down his life, friend. Nobody took his life from him, but he laid it down willingly. He laid it down willingly because God desired, God desired this. God saw that there was sin. God knows that there's sin. God understands that apart from him, we can't do anything but sin. We are utterly, completely, hopelessly lost. And so that, friend, that, and this is shouting ground, that is why God initiated salvation. That is why God in himself, in his nature, as an expression of his holiness, he said, I want, I want, I want the relationship back. I want it to be as though sin never happened. And so I am going to make that possible. Jesus was born. Jesus laid down his life. He shed his blood. And on the third day, he rose up from the dead. Hallelujah and amen. He's alive today, friend. But friend, he did, God did that. And God gives the Holy Spirit, as you've read here in the Bible with me, God gives the Holy Spirit to people who believe. And so God uses people, God uses Christians, God uses people who are saved, who are born again, who are filled with the Holy Ghost. God uses people to reach people. God uses the church to reach lost people. God uses, God uses sermons on Sunday morning. God uses sermons on Sunday night. God uses sermons on Wednesday night. God uses podcasts. God uses songs. God uses, God uses the preaching of his word. God uses personal witnessing in coffee shops and in houses and on sidewalks. God uses that. God uses open air preaching. God uses all of these things. And whenever his word is preached, God is moving. Whenever his word is preached, the very very spirit of God is drawing people. God is doing a work and people are either going to respond to God, 
friend, not to the person who's speaking necessarily, but people are going to respond to God. People are going to respond to Jesus. People are going to respond to the Holy Ghost. People are going to respond to him with belief or with unbelief. They're going to believe and, they're, and God's going to draw them to salvation or they are not going to believe and God's going to sort of leave them where they are. But friend, it's not, it's not a matter of style per se. It's not a matter of argument per se. It's not a matter of good apologetics. It's not a matter of having an answer for everything. But, but what is it? Yeah, you know, there's enough, you know, and I'm going to borrow from B.R. Lakin here. Um, there is enough gospel in John 3.16 to get the world saved. One sentence of, of holy, perfect, inspired scripture one sentence and there's enough gospel in that sentence to get the world saved because it points people to Jesus because it says God loves you even though you're a sinner doesn't matter God still loves you the fact that you're a sinner does not change the fact that God loves you the fact that you're a sinner does not change the fact that God sent his only begotten son Jesus and it does not change the fact that belief in Jesus, you know, if you believe on Jesus, he's going to save you. It does not change that fact, the fact that you're a sinner. As a, as a matter of fact, if you're a sinner, you need to be going toward Jesus. You don't need to be going away from Jesus. You need to be running toward him because he's the only way for you to be saved from the wrath of God. He's the only way for you to be given eternal life. He's the only one to... The only way for, for your, you and your sin to be separated as far as the east is from the west, he's the only way for God to forget your sin. Do you know that that happens? Do you know that God forgets the sins? God no longer sees the sins. God washes away the sins. God covers the sins. When God looks at somebody who is saved, when God looks at somebody who's born again, he sees the perfection, the righteousness, the goodness, the holiness, the complete holiness of Jesus Christ. He does not see your sin because it's covered under his blood and all things are made new. You're made into a new creature. God does this. It's called being born again. And it's not something that you do by yourself. It's something that is done to you by almighty, holy, loving, merciful, gracious God. Amen and hallelujah. And so friend, in our evangelism, in our preaching, in our outreach, we need not agonize over trying to, to have a perfect argument, trying to have a perfect presentation. Our priority, friend, preach the word of God. Witness the word of God. Minister the word of God in whatever capacity, uh, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, uh, whether, whether you're preaching to a thousand people, whether you're preaching to 10 people. Uh, preach to 10 people the same way you would preach to a thousand people. Amen. Uh, whether, you're, whether you're a musician and you minister in your music, uh, friends, minister the word of God. Pray according to the word of God. Pray according to what God says prayer is. Friend, you know, um, a few podcasts back, we did a series on prayer and evangelism. The two are so, the two are so related, friend, and it's vital that we pray. 
uh, friends. But, but the point is this, the lost need to interact with Jesus. They don't need to interact with another human being per se, but God uses us to reach them. They need Jesus. We're not the Savior. Even though we're saved, even though we're in Christ, even though he's the captain of our salvation, even though he's our head, even though he's our, our foundation, even though his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, we are not saviors. We need to bring people to the Savior. We need to, you know, if you will, we need to facilitate that interaction, friend. And friend, there's, there's no more important message that people will ever hear besides the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, but friends, you know, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Um, we, were, we will continue on with this, uh, friend, because there's a big difference between people interacting with theology, interacting with ideology, interacting with morality, and interacting with the living God. We're going to be digging into that on the next uh, one or two podcasts. But friend, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Um, again, this is the Redeeming Love Bible broadcast. We would love to hear from you. Let us know how we can be praying for you. Uh, let us know how we can be a help to you in your ministry. Uh, friend, uh, we are a ministry of a local church in King, North Carolina. We're called Grace Baptist Tabernacle. Uh, you can find information about our church at gbtministries.com. You can contact us directly here at the Redeeming Love Bible broadcast at redeemingthelost at icloud.com. You know, again, uh, let us know who you are. Let us know where you are in the world. Uh, we want to thank people who are listening to us um, across, um, I believe the current count is 34 different nations around the world. Uh, we want to let you know that um, all of you who are listening to us, we are praying for you in our church. Uh, we do pray for you on a regular, on a regular basis. Uh, we do uh, stand before the throne of God for you. We do intercede for you. And uh, friend, let us know how we can do that in more specific ways. Uh, please do reach out to us. And uh, it's a blessing to know that you're listening to us. It's a blessing to know uh, that, the, that the program itself is a blessing to you. And please do help us uh, reach people all around the world just by sharing it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family members. Share it with your church. Uh, share it with your co-workers, whether they're lost or whether they're saved. And friends, uh, may the Lord richly, richly bless you. And thank you again so much for listening to us. Amen. <laughs>